Welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Good morning and welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We are live here just outside of Seattle on the east side, looking over at gorgeous mountains. Well, okay, it's a little overcast still right now in Seattle, but it's supposed to be nicer later on today. As far as what I've been saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only blame it on me. <laughs> so in, in your lovely weather reports, yeah, you're you. <laughs> predicting that the sun's going to come out, right? Yeah, well, it's peeking through. It's peeking <laughs> yeah. through. We had a little bit of sun yesterday, which was lovely. Yep. And um, for those of you who listen to the show, you know that Justine, who produces, um, partially produces our show with Benny, they work well together. Um, that, go team. Yeah, go team. <laughs> that's right. Um, that my lawn really needed to be mowed. Uh, and yeah. It was really bad. <laughs> my, yeah, my too. Really, you too. And my lawnmower was like trapped in my garage. I haven't been able to get it out because there's all this construction going on in my house and and so Justine and I got it out. We had to carry it through the house to take <laughs> it to the, the backyard. And then Justine graciously mowed my yard for Aww. me, front and back. And then as soon as she finished, it was pouring outside. We picked up that puppy and carried it through the house again <laughs> and put it back in the garage. I think she deserves a free Frappuccino I think or you're right. Unicorn yeah. Frappuccino for her, right? I don't think she's going to like that drink, <laughs> no, she, but something else she might. I don't think many people might. do not like that drink, so <laughs> maybe something else. Some, so, some tea. Some tea, yes. I think tea would be lovely or whatever else she wants. <laughs> uh, one of the things I love to do on the show, and we thank our listeners who listen to the show around the country and around the world. We feel very blessed for this, and we also appreciate all the people who call into the show and ask questions for myself or the individuals that I interview. And today is one of those days where I get the the joy and the blessing of interviewing someone who I believe is on the leading edge of thought. And so today we have Andrew Holacek, who is the author of Dream Yoga, Illuminating Your Life Through Lucid Dreaming and the Tibetan Yogas of Sleep. Very fascinating, fun read. It is a Sounds True book, which we always love. Um, So Andrew has been, he's working on lots of lovely projects regarding lucid dreaming and, of course, the dream of yogas of sleep, which is really phenomenal because I think it's kind of a rage. I've heard a lot of it from um, people who are a little bit younger than me actually talking about this really interesting practice of growing their consciousness and their awareness so that they can actually um, become more conscious and aware when they're not in their lucid or yoga uh, type sleep, which is really quite remarkable. And we're also about being trendsetters ourselves here at the Ooh. show, so that's why yeah. We're so that's just, why we're, yeah, exactly. we're, that's we're why catching we're, up we're, with that, right? Right, right? So Andrew offers seminars internationally on meditation, dream yoga, and the art of dying. Ooh, this can be fascinating. He's the author of the Power and the Pain: Pre- Preparing to Die and Meditation in the I Generation, joining modern knowledge of the West with ancient wisdom of the East. His work is intended to wake us up into our full human potential, uh, which is lovely. Welcome to the show, Andrew. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yes. So when did you start um, becoming so interested in the dream world? Yeah, great question. Uh, You know, I've always had a kind of a spontaneous, rich dream life. I mean, really, as far back as my memory goes. And and then, it's, uh, you know, the kind of the turning point for me was a really profound experience that, that I share in the kind of introduction to the Dream Yoga book. Um, in my early 20s, I had a, a very interesting, you know, a kind of breakthrough experience, you could say, where I started having just a, almost constant lucid dreams. And, wow. um, you know, the, my daily world became 
highly kind of dreamlike. My dreams became increasingly more and more real. And it, um, it was a very interesting experience because towards the end of it, it actually became a little bit difficult to discern at times when I was awake or asleep. And um, that was really refreshing at first. It was like, wow, this is awesome. And then it got a little unsettling because mm -hmm. it was, well, what's real? You know, where, where's my grounding here? And so I started to um, kind of flee from the experience because I just didn't understand what was happening. And that catapulted me into the whole journey of trying to understand what that was about and the role of dreams and in psycho-spiritual awakening and that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. ever since then, you know, some 40-plus mm -hmm. years ago, I've just been full-on in this kind of nocturnal practice, so to speak. Well, I, I think it's lovely, and in the book you talk about, you know, because maybe not everyone has had a spontaneous situation where in their 20s they start to question reality, which is a very important right. thing for consciousness, right? And and so you put in the book a way to do that, you know, where you're checking, like you said, gaze, gazing at your shadow when you're walking across, let's say, a lawn, you know, and, and oh, is right. this real, yeah, you know? Time. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. really a, an important practice because in reality we don't know what is real anyway, and if we can somehow detach um, from making everything in our daylight hours concrete and unmovable, yes. right, then yes. that's a very yeah. powerful practice. So how lucky for it, you to start that um, so young. I know. I, I actually consider myself very blessed. And I think you really nailed it on the head, Marie, where that's really one of the kind of points of this type of practice. It's not just the kind of mere high-level entertainment value of classic lucid dreaming, <clears throat> and that's not to demean that in any way, but there are certain limitations just using your um, lucidity in the dream, which we may want to explain to your readers. Yes, please. You know, that's that, please. That's that state of awareness when you're having a dream, and something clues you into the fact that you're dreaming. So you, you actually wake up to the fact that you're dreaming while still remaining in the dream. Um, and then from there, of course, you can do a whole host of things. But one of the reasons we um, pursue this type of practice, at least those who engage in these nocturnal meditations, is in fact to, you know, the word is, is reify. When, when you take things to be solid, kind of lasting, independent, and real, that's what's called reification. And most people don't, I think, really examine how it is that this unconscious process of reification creates so much suffering. You know, we, we take everything to be so solid and heavy mm -hmm. and sometimes referred to as the undarkened view instead mm -hmm. of the enlightened view, where everything is just so heavy, and, and including the contents of our own mind. You know, we, we suffer really in direct proportion to how solidly we take the contents of our mind and the contents of our world. And so these practices um, at kind of graduate levels, they work to de-reify the world, to make it softer, more lighter, more literally enlightened. Um, so that things continue to arise, the phenomenal world still continues to appear, and you're Thoughts and emotions still continue to manifest, but you just don't take them as seriously anymore. And um, that's, I would argue that that's one of the seeds of, of liberation, where, where you, you know, just released from this kind of self-imposed and darkened view. And, and we, what we do with the nocturnal practices is we use the process of gaining lucidity or waking up to the dream as a way to wake up to our lives. So really the um, as you suggested, lucid dreaming leads to lucid living. Um, lucidity is really just kind of a code word for awareness. Right. So when you're having a lucid dream, you're aware that you're in the dream. Right. And so in the same way, you take the insights of waking up to the night, you extrapolate them into the day. And that's no small thing, and, and especially in this day and age when 
you know, time is of such an essence, and we really are pressed to do any kind of spiritual practice. Um, it, I, I playfully refer to it as like going to night school or adding a night shift, where, where you can take advantage. You know, with 25% of our dream of our sleep time is, is relegated to the dream experience. So that's like 720 hours a year. Right. And so if you can maintain lucidity and bring 720, that's over a month, yeah. you can bring 720 hours onto your path of psycho-spiritual awakening. You know, that's no small thing. Yeah, that's what I was definitely um, in fearing when I was reading the book about how this is this could be your spiritual practice. If you feel like you don't have time during the day or meditation isn't your thing or you know, walking through the forest and, and noticing all the beauty around you is, is not something you get to do very often. This is a wonderful opportunity because so much is happening in the sleep state anyway. Um, so oh, much my gosh. psychological healing is occurring. Um, and yeah, and when, when I was reading your book, I was thinking at first, I was like, gosh, you know, I really don't do lucid dreaming. I, I really, I don't remember most of my dreams to begin with. But then when you started uh-huh. talking about the napping aspect, oh, I, right. you know, I'm like, yeah, now that when I nap, I definitely have lucid dreaming, dreaming. But, right, what, exactly. but what I don't do, which you describe so beautifully in the book is how you can actually create really wonderful things when you're in that wakeful sleep state to enhance your life. I found that really oh, sure. powerful. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, and, and you know, what you said at, at the outset was really interesting because the brain is actually more active in the sleep and dream state than it is during the day. So we have this kind of false notion in the West that we just kind of sign off or turn off when we go to sleep. And yeah, you know, the body does that to reconstitute and to heal. And but one of the reasons we sleep and dream is to integrate memories and that sort of thing. But what we're doing here is just adding an entirely new dimension. And, and you know, like you were alluding, it's not just what happens every night when you sleep, but napping practice is a really interesting time to work with this because we have, as everybody knows, we're kind of dipping in and out of sleep, these beautiful terms called hypnogogia, hypnopompia, um, hyp, um, hypnosis, the god of sleep, and hypnogogic. Gogic means leading to, so it's a wonderful image of leading to the god of sleep. So when you're falling into the sleep state, especially when we're napping, we tend to go through the stages of sleep rather quickly, and we can go from waking to dreaming, um, in what's called REM sleep, rather mm-hmm. quickly. And with not a ton of practice, you, you can bring about what's called a waking-induced lucid dream, which the acronym is very compelling. It's literally wild. And it is kind of wild, because within a matter of um, minutes and sometimes even seconds, you can go from the so-called conscious waking state into a dream, and you, and you maintain awareness as you're actually doing that. And then usually what happens, in fact, just this morning, um, it's one of the great beauties of this type of practice, is you have the parental license to kind of languish and bread in mm-hmm. bed when you wake up, because that's, that's prime time dream time in, during the regular night, when your last two hours just before you wake up is when you're spending most of your time in REM sleep, and that's why we usually remember our dreams from the latter part of the night. But just this morning, I was, in fact, playing with that kind of thing where, you know, I'm dipping into a full awareness of the day, and then I'll, you know, mindfully pay attention to a thought, and then you can watch that thought kind of dip below the membrane of sleep metaphorically, and then that thought itself will turn into um, what I call a lucid dream left, which is just a really short lucid dream. But you know, the brevity doesn't lessen the profundity. I mean, even though it may last five, ten seconds, it still allows you to explore how mind creates reality, how um, a thought can see it in an entire dream. 
And so it's a really fun and fundamental, you know, kind of profound exploration of the mind as it manifests during these kind of transition states. So, so, um, so I ma- find it utterly delightful. Oh, yeah, obviously, you've written so many really cool exercises, too, in your book as we move into the more yoga, lucid type dreaming that you talk about. Um, uh-huh. And some of the interesting facts that you write in the book about, you know, children actually do a lot of lucid dreaming and, and actually share that. Uh, when, when I was reading that book, I was remembering many of the things my children have shared with me when they were much younger about their dream life. Um, yes. And that you also talk about how lucid dreaming can aid with nightmares and depression, which is huge. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, when you start to get into the benefits behind it, um, Marie, it's, it's really kind of staggering. And, you know, I'm writing two more books on the topic now, so I'm so deeply into the research end of it. And and I really, I, I would argue, or I could argue, that lucid dreaming represents the, the pedagogy or the education of the future. It has so much potential. I mean, right. we can talk at such length about this. There's a form of lucid dream nightmare therapy that was invented in Europe that people can use to work with things like PTSD. You can use lucid dreams, um, obviously, for lots of very interesting um, psychological developments. You can use it, um, this is very surprising for a lot of people, you can use it for physical athletic improvement. Mm -hmm. Because really what you do, what you do with your dream body has a very direct effect on what you do with your physical body. So if you, for instance, if you move your dream eyes, you're moving your physical eyes, which parenthetically is how lucid dreaming was proven. And so researchers are now showing how athletes can, um, who are proficient in lucid dreaming can use the lucid dream state as a, as a kind of arena for rehearsal. Um, and then at the higher bandwidth of um, kind of lucidity as it bleeds into the more evolved stage of dream yoga. Dream, <clears throat> dream yoga in contradistinction to lucid dreaming is when you take your lucidity and you use that state for spiritual purposes. So um, I often say that lucid dreaming is largely about self-fulfillment, while dream yoga is largely about self-transcendence. Yeah. It just goes further. So at the highest bandwidth, you can enter very sophisticated, refined, really kind of distilled states of consciousness that, that especially the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, but also Hinduism and even Taoism has yoga. Um, intimates and suggests there are really powerful ways to explore the nature of mind and reality and, and, and literally lead to spiritual enlightenment. So the potential really is you start to dig into it, and that's why I'm trying to put this forth in my upcoming work. It, it's kind of staggering what's actually available. So I'm very excited about the potential in this new field. Right. In the book, you talk about a gentleman who had had chronic pain for years and years and years, and he began practicing lucid dreaming. And in his dreams, and this is what you talk about in the book, about how you can orchestrate an outcome that you're wanting through your dreaming lucid state, which prepares you in the physical world to allow that to exist in in, in this wakeful reality. Yeah. And his pain went away. He, He worked on, he healed his body in his sleep. And right, took all right. of his pain medication back to the pharmacist. I mean, really right, incredible. Exactly. Very incredible. How cool is that? Right. Yeah, and in the eastern in the eastern view of, of body, um, you know, the subtle body, we have this kind of gross outer body. We have gross waking consciousness that's correlative to the gross body. And then in the eastern view of mind and body, we have a more subtle body, which eastern systems like acupuncture and, and whatnot target for health, but um Spiritual traditions target for spiritual evolution. And so according to these interviews, the outer body 
is actually an expression. Um, you know, it's what scientists would call an epigenetic expression. It is actually built upon the subtle body. So what you do with your subtle body um, has a very um, can have a very profound effect on what happens with your physical body. And it's too early to say for sure because the, the data is suggestive but not quite conclusive that what, in fact, you do with your dream body for healing purposes can have profound um, effects on your physical body. So, for instance, if you go about a visualization practice, and Dr. Carl Simonton has, has done this work irrespective of lucid dreaming where he has shown that people that are doing chemotherapy, if they can join their, their radiation and chemotherapy, with visualization practice, they have a 25% um, greater kind of healing potential. And so the idea is that visualization, irrespective of lucid dreaming, facilitates healing. But here, in the lucid dreaming state, visualization reaches its, its apogee. I mean, this is where you really can, can work with very acute powers of visualization. So some of the suggestions are that if you visualize your dream body in a lucid state as being completely healed and recovered, some of the implications is, are that you could affect that type of healing with your physical body. And if, if that's substantiated, that's no small thing. I mean, now we're talking about very real, um, truly psychosomatic benefits of this type of practice. So this is the kind of stuff that absolutely jazzes me about the potential. Yeah. Um, in the book, you also point out to um, your readers that, you know, dream yoga is not real yoga. So you're not really doing, you know, yoga in your well, I mean, I guess you could. You could do whatever you want in your lucid dream right, state, exactly. right? Um, but, however, you do talk about the lion pose and that when someone wakes up in the middle of the night or has insomnia issues, that they can use this pose and it can help them to go back to sleep and maybe even encourage that lucid state. Yeah, yes, exactly. So there, there, you know, the, the word yoga and dream yoga is used in two senses. Um, and then I'll come back to the pose thing and insomnia. But yoga, of course, uh, colloquially, you know, is like the idea of just simply stretching. So in a colloquial way, dream yoga is stretching conscious awareness into previously unconscious domains. Um, but even deeper, more like etymologically, the origin, as you know, the word yoga means to yoke or to unite. And so dream yoga in this more esoteric sense really means that you can use these nocturnal practices as a way to yoke to, to deeper aspects of your being. And I'm, I should say just parenthetically, there's even one more step um, besides beyond dream yoga, which is what's called sleep yoga, um, yoga nidra in the Hindu tradition, which is where you can cultivate, and this, for most people this seems like an unbelievable proclamation, but I've experienced it in, in the traditions write about it extensively, where you can maintain consciousness and, and dreamless sleep. You're fully aware um, kind of level of recognition of the formless nature of your of your being in deep dreamlessly. Um, but in terms of, so that's yoga in its deepest sense. That's yoga right. going all the way to the very source of, of what these traditions claim to be, you know, who you really are. But what you're alluding to, Marie, is that what's called the sleeping lion posture. It's the, the posture that the historical Buddha allegedly died in. Most people will recognize it. Many photographs of him lying on the right side. And the idea there, um, a little bit more kind of classical expression of yoga, is that according to the more subtle induction methods, ways to bring about lucidity, because, of course, the biggest challenge with lucid dreams is just having these dreams, and that's why I spent so much time discussing that in the book. But the idea with the posture, since you brought it up, is that by lying down on your right side and assuming this, this physical posture, 
you start to work with the subtle movement of the energies and the so-called wind. You know, the word is prana or lung in Tibetan right. and Sanskrit. And by, by assuming this posture, you can facilitate the movement of the subtle winds that therefore have a direct effect on your uh, consciousness. And so I invite people who, I mean, just as an exploratory venue for people who have problems with insomnia, just experiment. You know, when you're waking up in the middle of the night and you're having trouble going to sleep, just for the heck of it, try rolling over on your right side and seeing if, in fact, that has a subtle effect on settling your mind and bringing the these subtle winds and energies into a more conducive sleep um, kind of condition. And so that's why I reference that. It's a, where, it's a way to use, um, as I try to put forth in the book, the best of the East and the best of the West, you know, yeah. the induction methods brought about by the ancient traditions conjoined right. with the induction methods from modern science. Yeah, it's so, really beautiful. And we do have a caller who has a question about her dreams. So. We do. Let's take April from yeah. Olympia. Great. Hi. 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 Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi there. Oh, I love this conversation today. This is great because I'm one of those people that has a very rich dream life, and I remember my dreams every night in color, and I get a lot of messages in my dreams. And I had this message recently from my spirit guide who I saw myself lying in bed next to my husband, and my guide was above me, and he said to me, you're taking in your husband's energy into your left side. And he said, you've done this because you've been together for so many years. Basically, he was saying to me, you don't, you don't even realize that you're doing it because you've been doing it for so long. And my left side has been an area of um, problem for me with um, digestive for many, many years. So I've been working on this. And what I'd like to know is, you know, how does my chakra look right mm. now? And it's getting better. So, Andrew, when you have someone who's, you know, so that's lucid dreaming, I would say, in a way, right, where she was conscious of what she was experiencing and or receiving a message. Would you say that's lucid dreaming then? Well, you know, it's interesting. That, uh, first of all, there's, there's several kind of questions um, yeah. interwoven with what you related, which I can get back to. But lucidity here is defined in, in a quite a specific way. And so what I'm hearing from from her is that lucidity is sometimes conflated with the idea that, you know, if I have a really clear dream mm-hmm. and I'm getting a really clear message, which, by the way, is a totally 100% viable way to work with dreams. I mean, right. I am a huge fan of this type of thing. But just because a dream is really, really clear and you're getting a, a, a great message, that in and of itself is not a lucid dream in the technical sense. It's lucid in the sense that the dream is really clear to you, and that's great. Right. But unless there's full recognition that you're dreaming while you're dreaming, right? And the it's classical not lucid. usage of the term, then, then it's not actually called a lucid dream. It's lucid because it's clear, but it's not lucid because you're not conscious in the dream. Oh, fascinating. But with that said, um, it's very interesting when she said that, if I heard her properly, that she was kind of picking up this kind of male energy on her left side. It's a very interesting comment because according to the kind of inner yogic point of view, um, the left side is actually equated or associated with a more masculine, extroverted, outgoing energy. It's actually called sun, poison, prana. And so it's very interesting that she would say that, that she felt this kind of masculine energy coming in from the left side. Right. Um, and so the reason you lie down on the right side is you, you, want, to, you want to close down right. that type of masculine energy and open up the more feminine, receptive, nocturnal energy. Um, 
energy that's conducive not only to sleeping and dreaming, but parenthetically also to dying. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what, what she relates is very compelling to me. But, you know, the fact that she could get this kind of feedback in her dreams is it's very powerful, right? It's really important yeah, information that sensitive dreamer, yeah. And because you know, I've looked at it energetically, which is interesting, because in energy medicine we look at the left hand side of the body as feminine and it's very receptive. And so when I was looking at, you know, because I was able to go and look at their sleep pattern while she was speaking, and what I found fascinating is that she tends to, um, April. What I'm noticing is that you tend to. It, you know, you, you want to take care of your husband even when you're sleeping, which I think goes along exactly what with, what Andrew was saying in that respect, where you want to cut off the masculine doing energy and be more in the the authentic receptive energy of, fem, of feminine energy, especially while you're sleeping, because a lot of our energy goes off to the heavens while we're in our sleep to be re, to be rejuvenated, and so it's a perfect time to um, you know regage and re. Uh, Reassimilate um, the subatomic particles in the body. So that that is really cool and fascinating. And I loved your take on it, Andrew. That was great. Yeah, it's also helpful. And, you know, the, the latter thing she asked about, you know, is there any way to assess kind of the, mm. uh, again, if I heard her properly, the kind of the quality of the characteristics of her, her chakras and whatnot. That's, that's obviously a little bit more subtle um, investigation. And I think with someone, I, I think April has a very intuitive sense. She does. I mean, yeah, I you would agree. probably can answer that for yourself. Or why not try to incubate a dream? You talked about your spirit guides. If you have a relationship to these spirit guides with Carl, you know, people like Carl Jung and many others do, why not try to incubate a dream, um, supplicate for guidance, and maybe you can receive it in the dream state? I, I do this regularly, a very interesting way to yet again take advantage of the sleeping dream state to receive guidance because as you know we have all the answers within us we, we just have to be open and receptive to those answers and whether they come in the in the guise of the format of an external seemingly external dream guide which could be in fact that or it could be a deeper kind of manifestation of your own wisdom mind or manifesting in that form to me it doesn't matter to me it's like the message is what's important not the messenger um, but the idea that April has this kind of open, wonderfully subtle relationship to this dimension of her being, she can really start to tap into right. and access I want, deep wavelengths of insight. I want to thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on the show today. And all of the things we're talking about are in your book, which is fantastic, and much, much, much more. Um, and, and I think it is a rich uh beautiful development that people can start to, they have so much to choose from and, and ways of being in the lucid dream state and, and many other tools that they can utilize even in their waking state. So I'm hoping that people go out and, and find your book, Dream Yoga. They can, of course, go to Amazon or, or your website. What is your website, Andrew? It's just andrewholacek.com. Lesson is H-O-L-E-C-E-K. Great. And, and thank you so much. We look forward to reading your books in the future, the new ones that you're working Thanks, on right it's, now. It's, it's really a it's a delight to spend some time with you this morning, and thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Have a lovely day. And we're going to take a break here on the Marie Menu Cherry Show. We'll be right back. Three o'clock in the morning, and it looks like it's going to be another sleepless night. I've been listening to your dreams and getting very low. Wondering what I can do. Maybe I'm being foolish Cause I haven't heard you mention 
Marie Manucheri, RN and renowned energy healer, provides accessible instruction for helping you tune in to your health at a deeper level in her first book, Intuitive Self-Healing. Offering a compendium of illuminating case studies and practical self-care techniques, Marie invites you to learn more about the chakras, energetic preventative care, and tools for accessing intuition. Intuitive Self-Healing is available at Amazon.com and EnergyIntuitive.com. Life is full of questions. Find the answers at 1150kknw.com. Eileen Grimes, host of the Jupiter Rising Show, invites you to read her weekly horoscope message for your sign. Check out 1150kknw.com and click on your sign. It's that simple. Stars, Psychics.com sponsors KKNW's horoscope feature and is ready 24-7 to get you answers about love and life. Stars, Psychics.com. That's stars with a Z, Psychics.com. Life is full of bittersweet transitions. It's difficult to know how these changes will impact us over time. For some people, difficult transitions like retirement, divorce, or loss of a loved one can hit harder than expected and may contribute to feelings of hopelessness or even thoughts of suicide. The risk of suicide is even higher for men over 50 who served our country. Guys like me. That's why support from friends and family makes such a big difference. Every day, your actions could help save a life. Together, we got this. Learn how you can help save a life at VeteransCrisisLine.net. On Friday, Manson Mitchell go another round with our friend Jody Levon, celebrated as the happy medium. On Saturday, Rebecca Norrington returns as our happiness coach with more strategies for feeling good. In hour number two, Manson Mitchell are DJs for a day once again as we bring back songs of the protest era, tie-dye shirts and bell-bottoms optional. Bringing you fascinating talk since 2007 and sometimes music, we are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Alternative Talk 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. I've heard it said that dreamers never lie. You've been talking in your That was a really good song, I Vinny. And you know, love this that's song. a beautiful song. And I'm sure Andrew would be, hey, yeah, go have some sweet love with someone <laughs> yeah. and you're lucid dreaming. Hello. It might spice up your sex life when you're not lucid dreaming. Uh, so, uh, so welcome back, everybody. Um, and thank you, Andrew, for coming on to the show. And his book, again, is Dream Yoga, Illuminating Your Life Through Lucid Dreaming. And so that would be a fun book to read about and to perhaps um, find a way to practice your internal growth in consciousness through dreams. So um, we're now taking callers. And so who do we have, Benny? Yeah, we'll travel down uh, the uh, coastline there into Oregon. We have Cindy joining us. Hello, Cindy. Hello. Hi, Cindy. How are you? I'm good. Good. What can I do for you? Well, I just wanted to 
um, see what you would give, what advice you'd give me um, for my husband and mom who are both having cognitive issues. Oh, interesting. Wow. It's pretty challenging for you right now, isn't it? <laughs> um, yes, it is. But yeah. at the same time, I've had a lot of really good growth lately and insight. Good, 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 good. So when people have cognitive issues um, in their life, it's a representation of being in denial for most of their life. So that means that there has been something really important in their life, which could be work or partnership or their health or something that's, um, you know, obviously very important in their daily life that they have been in denial about. So, So that's what what reduces the energy in the brain that leaves the brain susceptible for cognitive issues or anything, any other dis-ease or, you know, lack of harmony for brain tissue. So that's the, un, that's the underlining cause that these two people are having cognitive issues is because of that, which I find very fascinating because what I'm being told is about a decade ago, you really started to do quite a bit of inner work. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. So, so this type of health issue isn't like on the path for you. It's, it would be very difficult for you to allow your brain to succumb to disease because of the fact that you um, want to be conscious and you want to be aware and, and you're willing to ask the hard questions where people who are in denial don't want to ask the hard questions at all. Yeah. Right. And, and so unfortunately that could, you know, break down the energy systems in their brain and leave them susceptible to disease like in in these two cases. So have you, um, do you have people helping you with, these people? Are you taking care of them by yourself? Um, no. no. Good. That's wonderful. I'm very proud of you. Yeah. And well, they're both still doing okay. Good. Great. Great. And, and, and my mom doesn't want me involved, really, in oh, her life. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so is there another part of your question, or did I answer your question? I'm not really sure. Did I answer your question? Yeah, I kind of want I would like to know what do you kind of see for my husband? Well, I, first, yourself? well, first of all, I see he's a really sweet man. By the way, a lovely sweet man, and I, I, what I'm hearing is that his life is was just way, way too busy. And it doesn't mean that it's not now, but it's probably not as busy it used to as it used to be. And so this is his way of like chilling out, of you know, um, finding a way for him to slow down. And to, you know, kind of look at the roses, if you will, and not take life full on. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's what I see for him. And if he actually does that, I think he's going to slow down the process of this disease um, okay. or, or these issues. So, you know, this think of maybe he could think of this as this is his retirement package, you know, that his body is saying, OK, we're done being extraordinarily busy and kind of d- I guess kind of displaced in the brain thinking from over the over busyness that he's had and that now he's in his retirement stage for him to okay. look at it that way. I think that will help him to, to slow down the gears and just rest a little bit, let his brain relax. And it takes, it takes more time for his brain to gain the energy that it needs to fully function. And so if he's pushing himself significantly, he's actually creating more problems with the, with his anatomy there and his physiology. Okay. 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 All right. Thank you. That was a really interesting question. I appreciate that. Thanks so much. Thank you. All righty. Fantastic call. And we'll take another one. We'll actually travel all the way across the other side of the pond in the eastern direction. No, western oh. direction. What am I facing? Anyways, <laughs> Louise from Hong Kong. That's pretty Great. cool, right? Hello, Great. Louise. Hi there. Hi, Louise. How are you? 
Good, thank you. Good. Thank you so much for taking my call. Of course, of course. What can I do for you? And how's Hong Kong? It's getting, well, it's been cool today. It's been raining, but it's a bit foggy and humid. Wow, wow. Thank you but for it's the... half past midnight. So. Oh, I was going to say, what time is it right now? Because uh, <laughs> you're far away from us. Yeah. 20 to 1 in the morning. Wow. Almost. Wow. Oh, that's, well, thank you for staying up so late to call into the show. Is this your first time calling in? It is, yes. Oh, okay. um, I would love to have a baby, so I would Aww. love to know if I'm going to get pregnant. <laughs> well, you know, your energy is really fascinating. You're in a really good space in your life. Would you agree? You can say no. Oh, you can say yeah. no. So so here's part of the problem is that mm-hmm. you think too much. And so you, you're thinking you're not in a good space in your life. But I just drew out your energy. And you yep. have so many arrows going into your chakra system. That means you're in a very high receptive mode. That means you're in a good place in your life. But you may okay. not have an awareness of that if you're overthinking, analyzing, and processing, which is kind of a notorious problem that the human race has. It's not good for humanity. Mm-hmm. Right? So... I'm going to suggest, and this will help you with your pregnancy, I'm going to suggest that you start resting in your abdominal area. So Mm -hmm. I I would love for you to allow your energy from your mind, that overthinking, analyzing, and you're smart too, which is nice, lovely, but then you can get too excited about all kinds of subjects and then overthink and analyze even more. You know what I mean? (laughs) So if you can start collecting your energy in the belly button area, that's going to help with your reproductive organs. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And and. And you know what might be kind of fun, too, uh, especially if you consider, you know, doing some lucid dreaming, you could actually allow yourself to be pregnant in the lucid dreaming because you want this pregnancy. So why don't we start training your body when you're in that place, which, of course, Andrew can tell you how to do that in his book or any other book that you, you know, care to read about lucid dreaming. Um, He Uh can help you to be in that space so that you can go ahead and allow yourself to program your anatomy and physiology. What's happening is a couple of things is, um, you know, would you say that, that, you know, maybe childhood was a little difficult for you? You can disagree. Um, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, So notice how you're having a problem really knowing what you're feeling about things, which is, an issue when it comes to the second chakra because it governs the reproductive organs, this vortex does, but it also houses all of your emotions. And so when I'm in your second chakra, the the f- most fear I feel is like um, perhaps some of the challenges that you had in childhood you haven't released yet, and there's this fear that they could c- arise again for your child. And I don't say anything horrific, but I'm not getting this warm, lovey, nurturing feeling and, and, of course, your child's not going to have that kind of experience, but you need to be present in your abdominal area so you can release these trapped emotions that could be coding your ovaries and your fallopian tubes or your uterus. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I want you to start yeah. spending time in those reproductive organs. You just hang, kind of hang out there and go, huh, I wonder what I'm feeling. Hmm. Just get curious from that part of your body. Even if you have no idea what you're feeling, you're going to start to release stagnant energy from there, and it's going to free up uh, those all of that beautiful anatomy and physiology. I do think you will have a child, by the way. I do think you oh, will. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. And, but you need to think that, and you need to feel mm-hmm. that, because that's going to work a thousand times faster than anything I could say to you. You need to feel yeah. confident. You need to feel that it's already happened, because that is the true path to manifestation, is to feel that what you want has already happened, not how to figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and smart people always want to figure stuff out. So... um Go ahead and stop that when you do that and go to the feeling like, oh, what if I already had a baby? What if it's already in my life? 
That's what I was doing yesterday. I was, I was thinking, what if my lawn is already mowed? And next thing I know, Justine says she wants to mow the yard, and yeah, I voila. Like style. I like yeah. Your style. So um, keep us posted, too. We, we would love to hear about, you know, your future um, creature that will be growing in your beautiful uterus. I will. And just really quickly, how many guides do I have? You have 11, which is a very lucky number. Very, very mm-hmm. lucky number. It's also about partnerships. So it, people who have 11 guides tend to do well in partnership. Okay? So keep that open, too. Great. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Yeah, good night. yeah sleep well. Yeah, and don't forget to send us the uh, registers information so we can register. Register the, for what? Maybe. Oh, sure. Oh, <laughs> that's a great idea. Right? I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Donna from Mercer Island. Hello, Donna. Hello. Hi, Donna. What can good, I do for you? Good morning, Marie. Good morning. So, I love Andrew's book. I bought it several oh. weeks ago, and I just want to tell everybody out there to buy it. It's truly amazing. Oh. Thank you so much for having him on the show. Of course. You know, he was so sweet because he was actually slated to be on the show uh, weeks ago. And unfortunately, it didn't work out. And he was just so gracious and rescheduled with us. No problem. Yeah, he was very easy to work with. So well, I'm so glad you liked his the, book. Yeah, that's the sign of an evolved soul, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. So what can I do for you? Well, um, two questions. And the first is around the first subject, dreaming. So I dream profusely so and I lucky. remember uh, for a, a long time I'd say 30 years but I often have dreams with characters in them who I do not recognize oh interesting so they've never been a part of my life they are not currently a part of my life um there's a whole scenario and I won't go into it because other people are waiting to talk but um it's a very interesting um experience and I have no I I'm not I haven't finished Andrew's book. I haven't gotten to any part that describes that. So I was just curious if you had any thoughts. And so these are people you don't know at all, right? No. Right. No. And there's a lot of them. Well, not every, there's not a lot every night, but I mean, we're talking over many, many years. Right. And And so like how many people would you have, let's say in one night that show up that you don't know? Like what's an approximate number? Four. Four. And it's over and over and over again, the number four? Um, two to four, it's seldom one. I will mm-hmm. tell you it's, it's not mm-hmm. ever one. And, and what, it's, uh, two, three or four. And what would your feeling be? Cause you, because you're having, you have this awareness of this dream, which may or may not be real lucid dreaming, according to Andrew, which I'm still learning to understand what lucid dreaming is. Uh, what is your feeling? Cause what I know when you look at dreams, looking at your personal feelings actually translates the experience. So what were you, what do you feel when you're having that dream? What's going on? with I, you? Okay. So going out on the ledge here, uh-huh. um, I feel that there is a oneness uh-huh. um, and that I'm simply tapping into that oneness. I'm not really dreaming that I use the phrase dreaming someone else's dreams because it's descriptive. Uh-huh. But my sense is that in fact, I am tapping into universal mind. Wonderful. Um, and that I'm just experiencing other people that I don't know. Right. You know, I, I would say that you did a great job, and this is what Andrew said. Everybody knows what's really going on with them because my interpretation of what was going on 
was that you're actually visiting people who are on the other side. And and it doesn't have to be people you know. It could even be that you want to have some sort of communication with people on the other side. Perhaps you even want to do some sort of medium-type work in this side of the divide. Um, because I feel like it's beings from the other side that are communicating with you. And and if it's not people that, that you would translate for on their behalf to their loved ones, then it would be evolved souls who are helping you to evolve and expand your consciousness. So good job. Good analogy. Awesome. Well, thank you. And that takes me right to the second question. Um, who is helping me? I there's a We've spoken before, and yeah. actually the process I was going through has accelerated really a lot of fun Good. Um, and I'm just wondering if you can just do a general I, I guess right I, I don't know the question exactly I'm sorry the question is what who are my current guides oh your current guides well you have seven guides which means because uh, every number has a meaning from my perspective it means that you you do need to get out of your head and think less and be more present because seven is the most spiritual number there is and spirituality has very little to do with the cognitive mind or logic. It's more about being connected to the present moment, being present. So, um, and, and regarding those people who may be wanting you to translate with someone, the next time you're around someone, even if you don't know them, kind of go back to that dream moment and see if there's information there for you. You know, start u- utilizing those experiences that you remember so well and see if something comes up for you that then you could pass on information. I call that Perfect. priming intu- intuition. You want to prime intuition. It's very important to kind of feed it a little bit um, so that then the flow of the information can come forward and begin to fill you and so that you can express it. Okay? Perfect. Thank, thank you, you so much, Yes, thank All you right. so much. Have a great day. Great question. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Donna, for calling in. 877-825-8828 is the number. Great. Oh, and we're gonna, are we taking a break? Oh, no, we can do that. I just didn't know if you had Oh, no, or I, can, I can go ahead and... Yeah, that's okay. fine. Uh, it's Mary from Bothell. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Benny and I were uh, working on our uh, signals here. Yeah, offline, right, <laughs> which we need to work out. So, Mary, hello. Hello. Thank you very much for taking my call. And of I thought course. if I got on, I want to thank Benny Aww. for repeating the phone number. It sounds like a simple thing, oh. <laughs> but you do. I mean, even though I listen week after week, you do such a nice job of. Getting that number out there because we can't remember it. Anyway, I just wanted Aww. to tell you what a great job you do. That's very sweet. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you to Marie. Um, you are such a blessing, and I've learned so much from you, the advice you give others, but also when you talk about how you live your life, it's like, oh, that's a good idea. Aww, so thank I really you. appreciate everything. Oh, and thank you so much for listening and calling into the show. Is this your first time calling? It's not, but I'm oh. still nervous. Yay! <laughs> okay, great. Well, welcome back. And what can I do for you? Well, when my body reacts to foods or chemicals or things, um, like the blood vessels in my hand will swell up and my mm-hmm. joints will swell up and it might just happen to my right hand. If it's a really strong thing, it'll go to my left or my elbows or my knees. I'm I'm pretty sensitive, so like my laptop speaker, I, I just had to unplug it because it was just causing this big reaction. And lately, even when I wake up in the morning, I feel like um, could I even possibly be reacting to my own like neurotransmitters or chemicals? Anyway, I feel like I'm kind of stuck in this hypervigilant. You are. The word that I wrote next to your energy system is fear. You're stuck in this fear tirade <sighs> where you're... 
you're reacting. Your reaction is creating more of a reaction. Yeah. So what if, you know, great time to start using what if questions. What if my environment is safe and my body is incredibly healthy and well? Okay. That's what I want you to start doing because even when I said, what if my environment is safe, I heard your brain go, alarm, 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 you know, because of course you're wise and you know that we have toxins in the world more than we used to and all, all of these things, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But it does, I mean, I think of the human race kind of like cockroaches. I mean, we can survive a lot. Look at what we can go through. Right. We're amazing that way. So, so it'll be important for you to, to now retrain your brain to not be in alarm mode and fear about the environment. It's really important. That doesn't mean that we should, you know, continually put ourselves at risk if we know that there are better products that have less right. toxins in them and, and which you do all of those things. So it's going to be really important for you to stop this tarade of fear. Okay. It, it's, it's slowing you down. You know okay. what I mean? Yes. And I've tried to like put my hand on my neurovasculars and say, you're fine. You're safe. But I don't believe me. <laughs> right, right. And, and that's why affirmations don't work when we say, you know, oh, I, I have a million dollars, yay. That's why you want to use the curious what if question. Okay. What if I'm really safe? What okay. if everything's okay in this moment? Because then the ego doesn't feel threatened by a curious question and it won't kick it out of your mind. Okay. So you, I, I'm just a huge fan and utilize what if questions multiple times a day myself. And, and I think what's also important, Mary, for you and for our listening audience is to realize that this type of focus, focusing our attention on what we want in life versus what we don't want, is an extremely important thing to do every single day as many times a day as we allow ourselves forever. This is not something we do temporarily for a few moments. I mean, perhaps there's a, like when you feel completely safe and that your body's fine and you notice the symptoms aren't there anymore, perhaps you won't spend as much time on this particular subject. But I think it's very important that throughout the day we focus, 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 and refocus on the outcome we wish to have uh, rather than the outcome we don't want to have, which is where everybody puts their focus or most people put their focus. Okay. Okay? All right. Thank you and good luck. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks, Mary, for calling in and uh, joining us. We, uh, I think, have time for one more caller. We'll sneak in uh, Bernice from Seattle. Hello, Bernice. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for taking my call. Hi, Of course. Hi, Um, Bernice. What can I do for you? So a couple days ago, I I got this crazy notion in my head. I can run. I can beat that bus. I can get to the bus stop. And I fell. And I I got a little (laughs) crack. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was stupid. I got a little crack on my elbow. I don't think it's a bad one. But what do you see about that whole thing or my auras generally? Well, you tend to run your energy low, quite frankly. You know, so I think you're the type of person who does... You know, um, it's almost like you flatline either. It's almost like you're even below negativity sometimes, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. That could be a kind of a cool place to be in. But it's it's like either your mind's not at connecting to something positive or it's connecting to negativity. And in other words, it's kind of in this weird place where there where is the joy? Where's the happiness? Where is the fun? Where's the laughter? D- does this make sense what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, okay. So, so I really want you to work on that. I truly do. I want you to work on, is there something in this moment that I can actually appreciate? Uh-huh. Or, or you can make it a what if question. What if there is something in this moment I can actually appreciate? Because uh-huh. once your energy moves up, because everything is about vibration and frequency. Once your energy moves up, then you're going to see other things that are beautiful, interesting. You'll see the crack on the sidewalk so that you don't fall down and potentially injure yourself. Uh-huh. Your vision will expand in a higher frequency because when the frequency is higher, there's more to see. When the frequency is lower, there's less to see. We start to move down into like 
um, like single cells kind of, you know, scientific things, which are lovely, but they don't have a lot of movement, so to speak. So work on that. I think that'll be really fun for you. It will change your life, literally change your life. Work on joy and and appreciating more. Yes, please, Uh please, please, please. And one of the things that happens too when a human being's vibration is in higher frequency is it's a lot harder for diseases to stick in our body or to even uh, grow if we have a disease in our body. It's very challenging because the high energy is not a disease vibration. And so we are literally detoxifying ourselves. Every time you find something to appreciate, you're detoxifying. Every, uh-huh. every moment that you spend in joy and happiness, you're energizing your body and you're reversing cellular activity towards disease. Uh, so that's just one of the many potential outcomes you can have from, ah, you know, a really high frequency. Uh-huh. Okay. And do you see guides too? Uh, you have nine guides, which is... Uh, Nine is a conclusion number, meaning that you're probably not going to have that many more lifetimes on Earth. All mm-hmm. the more reason to fall in love with this place and have some fun. Huh? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Bernice, for calling in and uh, take care of that elbow, too. Yeah, sure. right? Yeah. It's uh, never fun. Right? No, no. And that's an ouchy place anyway, yeah, right? Yeah, you fall down, you'll, it's... you'll touch it on everything pretty much, right? <laughs> like your thumb. It just seems to right? find its way on it. Right, exactly. So uh, as most of you know, I am doing a Let's Manifest course in June. You can go to energyintuitive.com and find out all about that class that's coming up and sign up for it. There's limited space available as, as I'm keeping that class small so that we can really do some intimate and detailed work for individuals so that they can really get going on manifesting their life um, the way they want it to be and or even beyond anything that they could imagine, which I think is not only highly possible but normal. I think it's normal to be able to manifest your life that way. And uh, so we've been having a lot of fun on the show, Benny. You know, a couple, sh- maybe it was the last show or the, I don't know which one, but we talked a lot about sex. I don't know if you remember that one. And I've gotten a lot of feedback about that. I've gotten, no, really, I've gotten You're asking messages. You're like, I know exactly. Well, well, you know, it was actually three uh, weeks ago. It was three weeks ago. <laughs> I don't, it it might have been the last show, but remember we had back-to-back open mics, so it might have been one of those two days. Yeah, I don't know. But we've had, <laughs> we've had a lot of people saying, hey, could you talk more about sex on the show? All right, let's do it. So I think that's something. I'm in. Yeah, he's in. He's in for it. So we'll Not be, like that. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be thinking of topics. And, and if you have a topic about sex that you want to talk about, then you definitely should write to us. You can call Benny and let him know, too. Yeah, personally. Here's my yeah, personal no. number. Well, no, no you can call the show. <laughs> no. Benny answers the I think Benny's getting a little shy over here. Just now attack. I'm the one getting a little yeah. flustered over right? here. Yeah. you got to field all these questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that you know, there are some people in, in the world who feel comfortable about oh, yeah. sex mm-hmm. and who have figured out how sex works for mm-hmm. them. And when you have that knowingness inside of you, then it can be a wonderful opportunity where you can actually help other people perhaps figure out ways that they can have that same sort of thing. You know, one of the things my spirit guides have told me many, many, many times, because of course I've had times in my life where I've had, haven't had sex for a while, right? Um, because it's so important to me, I want to make sure it's done in a way that is really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, and my guides always say to me, they'll go, Marie, you know, when you cross over, the sex is not as fun when you're not in a body. So you might want to go figure this out, you know, and, and get back to that fun physical activity of, you know, joining human bodies in the flesh. So uh, so we're going to be talking about that because it's lovely to have fun on Earth. And then you can talk about it on the other side with all the people who haven't had sex in a body in a long time and, uh, and, <laughs> and um, allow the human race to be really joyful and happy 
and enjoy their personal intimacy and the intimacy that they have with others. I, I think that's out. So we're going to end the show with that. And we'll be fielding questions about sexuality um, in our probably next week. Sound good? I'm Yeah, I'm game. I'm here. He's all ready I'll for it. I'll be here it. for those. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, everyone, for listening, listening to the show and, of course, for calling in and for letting me answer your questions, your, your personal questions, which we certainly appreciate. Joyful blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you.